Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the podcast guests and are not necessarily those of the Department of the Army, the U.S. Army War College, or any other agency of the U.S. government. Decisive Point welcomes Dr. Thomas Bruschino and Louis Youngert, co-authors of The Future of the Joint Warfighting Headquarters, an Alternative Approach to the Joint Task Force, with Colonels Eric Bissonette, Kelvin Mote, Mark J. Sanborn, James Watts, and Commander Matthew B. Powell. Bruschino is an Associate Professor of History in the Department of Military Strategy Planning and Operations at the U.S. Army War College. He holds a Ph.D. in Military History from Ohio University. Jungert is a retired Army Colonel and an Associate Professor of Practice in the Department of Command, Leadership, and Management at the U.S. Army War College. He holds a Master's Degree in Operations Research from the Georgia Institute of Technology and a Master's Degree in Strategic Studies from the U.S. Army War College. Welcome to Decisive Point, gentlemen. Happy to be here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Great. Let's just jump right in here. Your work offers an alternative approach to the Joint Task Force for Joint Warfighting Headquarters. Give our listeners some background. Why the need for change? So Stephanie, Tom and I were teaching, this was two years ago, in the Carlisle Scholars Program. And in the Scholars Program, there's a requirement that the students do two additional research projects The reason we have the program is so that they have the space to do that. And in this case, one of the student committees for the military strategy and campaigning course that Tom teaches identified that how we are organized for joint warfighting was a vulnerability, especially in near-peer competition. And so they asked Tom if they could explore this further after they had given their presentation as part of their research. And this paper was the result of that research effort. So Tom, if you could talk about the need for change. Yeah, so the work they did was they had multiple committees and they had worked on joint task forces and the formation of one, and they sort of got into the problems that are inherent in that. Extensive delays in getting our warfighting headquarters, a lot of disorganization, some off-cycle training cycles, the need for what we have in the joint force called the Joint Enabling Capabilities Command, which has to go and flies all over the world, filling in gaps. So they saw all this need with this. Another committee was doing the joint planning process, sort of looking at how we do the fighting, planning for fighting. And a lot of the joint planning process is focused on sort of the day-to-day activities, the competition activities, campaign activities of combatant commands, and maybe doesn't apply as well to the dilemmas of joint task forces or joint warfighting commands. So this really kind of drove the thinking and the kind of the problem set that they were looking at, that we were looking at when we started researching and developing this monograph. Yeah, just to add to that, we encourage the students as part of their research, if possible, to write something that could be published, to have an impact. They either do it for a client, and in this case, we did not enlist a client, or to do it so that it could be published and have some kind of impact. And in this case, I think it will. What you all came up with was American Expeditionary Forces. What would this look like? Yeah, so American Expeditionary Forces, we chose that one because it has historical resonance, right? So in World War I, it was American Expeditionary Forces that General Pershing commanded. World War II, it was Allied Expeditionary Forces. And our idea was we're going to focus on the sort of American and joint aspect of it with an idea we could get that better. It can become combined down the road and work with allies. And then maybe it would transition to becoming an allied expeditionary force. Either way, that was the idea of it. Now, what distinguishes this is that there have been lots of calls for, and there used to be, and sometimes there still kind of are, standing joint task forces. But we felt like that wasn't quite sufficient. We needed something that was uh, a little more regionally aligned. We needed something 
that was more flexible and allowed to deal with the sort of the problems that have always gotten in the way of standing joint task forces working. We don't flesh out the exact examples of what these would look like in this. We talk about sort of what they would look like generally in any sort of combatant command region, the geographic regions where they'd be. But the idea would be sort of we do have forces that are regionally aligned already in all the services or literally in the regions. And the idea was that we would build the AEF headquarters out of commanders and some key staff out of those to build these sort of standing AEF headquarters. Kind of have to read it to get into the details of what that looks like. We certainly hope people do that, but it doesn't require as much sort of force generation as standing joint task force headquarters do. So it's a little bit more flexible. And one of the sort of major innovations in it is kind of a callback to sort of the way we often ended up doing things, which is that the AF headquarters is run by the AF commander, but not really run by the commander with the staff, but run by the commander with the different component commanders as part of what we call a command council. And so we sort of set up a whole bunch of ways that they could operate and they could do the detailed planning in each of the components and that a lot more of the conceptual ideas of how they're going to operate as a joint force, a lot for better interoperability will happen because the conceptual stuff will be happening among these commanders who are thinking about the sort of bigger picture. And they're really working together and knowing what their components are specifically able to do. And it's very difficult. And we say this in there. It's very difficult for even the best, most joint educated Army officer or Air Force officer to know how an Air Force wing operates if you're an Army officer or how an Army Corps operates if you're an Air Force officer and throw in fleets and MAGTAFs and all of that. And you can see how confusing it gets. And it's only going to get more. So when we start bringing in Space Force assets, Cyber Force assets, we need the people who do that for their business to be able to sort of talk to the commanders and think about how they're going to work together instead of having a spun up Army staff become a joint staff and try to run these formations. How would this concept increase the likelihood of joint force interoperability and enable effective maneuver in all domains, including, like you mentioned, operating environments like space and cyberspace? Well, Stephanie, I think some of the things that Tom talked about and the fact that the AEF would be a standing task force within each combatant command, so it would be regionally aligned. It would have the service component commands that are important to that combatant command. So in Indo-PACOM, the Navy staff of that component command is very robust because it's mostly a Navy headquarters. So they would have those capabilities within the service component command. And the fact that the service components, the people who own the forces, have such a robust staff, they would be able to do, as Tom said, the detailed planning that came into any concepts for an operation that the command council would come up with because those commanders and some key members of their staff would be part of that command council in the first place. And so I think that the standing nature of the AEFs, coupled with the opportunity to exercise it during joint concept development, joint war games and experiments, would help to solidify that concept of the AEF and the teamwork that those combatant commands and those staffs would have to do one of the things that is highlighted in the paper is that currently there is no joint headquarters that is in the concept development there to test out joint concepts very well. You take a service headquarters or you throw together a joint headquarters that doesn't usually work together to test those concepts. And now you would have a joint headquarters that was used to working together that could come together. There's no ad hoc nature to it, which is one of the major problems with the current concept. 
I think that as we mature and we have space forces that have their own component commands for combatant commands and a cyber force that has some plug into a combatant command staff, we'll have the expertise in those domains to do the same kind of thing that we're used to doing in the more traditional domains. Yeah, to build on that, as it stands right now, when it comes to sort of the warfighting concepts, we try to figure out great power competition, large-scale combat operations, what those would look like. The individual services are all doing their own concept development, and those are not necessarily aligned as well with the joint concept. So being kind of forced together, what's great about this idea is that there's good reason for the services to develop their own concepts because the dilemmas in the land domain are different than what's in the space domain and different than what's in the air domain, what's in the maritime domain, and they should develop their own concepts. What this allows is for us to sort of sort and stack, have a better idea to go and exercise those things and work on those things and then say, hey, what really fits together and what doesn't? What should a joint concept look like that actually has real buy-in from the different services because they've worked on it together and they see the importance of doing it together? There's an additional aspect of this too. To the degree that we test joint concepts, and we do, to the degree we test them, it's sort of their temporary kind of ad hoc. Like we say, almost all of this is ad hoc. We describe our joint warfighting as it's mostly done with pickup teams. And hey, they're really good pickup teams. It's a whole bunch of all-stars. It's a whole bunch of all pros, really. Our servers are great at what they do. And so we can get by with that. But we could do so much better, especially as competitors get better themselves. And we should always be trying to get better. We do so much better if we're working together in these headquarters. And then part of this too is that not only do they exercise it together, they're going to be the ones who fight it together if necessary. This is extremely powerful just on the most basic sense of having already well-developed relationships standard operating procedures. We allow for room in this. It's not a very rigid concept that we've developed in here. We allow for a lot of room for them to develop their own best practices. And we would imagine those would be tailored to the particular domains. There's going to be a different dilemma in Indo-PACOM than there is from CENTCOM than there is for UCOM. That was our sort of major focus on this. And we think it's very important because it has all kinds of implications that would resonate throughout the force warfighting and then for force development along the way too. So we think it's a pretty important one. And we would love if everything we said was adopted, but if we just get people talking about this, about these issues, we'll be pretty happy. And we give some people some different ammunition to bring to the discussions that are out there because we're not the first people to think of this stuff. But we were sort of stunned about how many inefficiencies we have in our current system, how much disorganization we've had, how much we've had to kind of patch these things together and do things on the fly. We think it's vitally important that as we look to the future, we get better about how we go about joint warfighting. And bottom line on this too, you know, we're not alone in that issue. We did get guidance signed by all the Joint Chiefs of Staff saying we need to look at dilemmas joint warfighting. And that really was a lot of the motivation for doing this too. So this is our modest contribution to a very, very big problem. And we hope it has some effect. Definitely a lot of great food for thought here today. And I just want to thank you both very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks. If you'd like to learn more about the American Expeditionary Force, visit press.armywarcollege.edu slash monographs slash 953. If you enjoyed this episode of Decisive Point and would like to hear more, look for us on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcast Stitcher, and any other major podcast platform.